competitive in STEM designated 11 month competitive internship opportunities and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepare you to graduate career ready in only 13 months. For more information, visit business.louisville.edu slash MBA. This is Trey Ryan for Cluckers. My favorite place to meet friends, family, eat wings, and watch big games is Cluckers. So the next time you're looking for a great place to meet friends and family and watch big games, remember Cluckers, where it's always fresh, never frozen, hand-breaded food, and appetizers to order, including chicken salads, sandwiches, burgers, and quesadillas. Visit them at Jeff, New Albany, Gordon, or at CluckersWings.com. When it comes to cabinets, appliances, furniture, audio, and video, nobody does it like Century Entertainment and Furnishing. Listen to what these very satisfied customers had to say. This is Jennifer, and we could not be happier with our outdoor sound system that Century installed for us. It is very user-friendly, and we love it. Thank you, Century. Hi, this is David. Century did my security system, cabinets, and entertainment system. The work is very high quality, and the customer service is top-notch. Visit Century at their beautiful state-of-the-art showroom at 4310 Shelbyville Road or at CenturyLiving.com. The plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, and HVAC technicians of Local 502's commitment to excellence can be seen in our community every day. The KFC Yum Center, Ford Motor Company, and the Omni Hotel are just a few examples of their professional craftsmanship. Local 502 has been part of our community for over a century and invests over $1 million annually training skilled local workers. Members of Local 502 are your friends, neighbors, and children's coaches. For more information, go to lu502.com. Local 502, built on excellence, building a better tomorrow. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Obi Trice, real name, no gimmicks. Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute, I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your Huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. Are we good? Okay, that's a weird... Oh, that doesn't sound good. This is a, a weird delay. Doesn't sound good in the ears. Uh, does it sound okay going over the air? Or, no? Is there anything there? Now I just hear nothing. Is that okay? Sound better in mic. Okay, well, wh- whatever. We, we can work with this. Welcome back in, everybody. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you from the old University of Louisville College of Business Studios, just across the studio here off Taylorsville Road. Uh, Cards fans, take accounting to a whole new level with your UofL's Masters in Accounting and Analytics. 11-month competitive internship opportunities and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepare you to graduate career-ready in just 12 months. To find out more, visit business.louisville.edu. We're on the air today from 3.06 until 4.30 
here on 970 WGTK. I'm assuming streaming somewhere. Not the usual link, I don't think, but streaming somewhere. Getting you ready for the big game. Yeah, you can't use the number, I don't think. Yeah, because that would you be... can't. It's an odd setup today. Yeah. We, we talked about this off the air. Hopefully most people have found their way over here, uh, whether they heard us say this on the radio yesterday or saw you know, the, the 970 account say it or me say it on, on Twitter today. But we are on 970 today, kicking off the coverage of the Louisville-Kentucky men's basketball game. We'll be on from 3 until 4.30. At that point, we'll hand the baton over to the, the, the true pros for the official Learfield pregame show. Jody Demling, Paul Rogers, and company will get you ready for tip-off at 6 o'clock, which you can also hear right here on 970 WGTK. We'll use the same text line number. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton text line, which we will use today. There's like like very light music playing in the back of my headphones. Is that... Do you hear that? Now it's gone. I do not. I just turned some stuff off. Okay, I think that I think that 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 fixed it. May have fixed it. That was gonna be. I was. I was like. I. I mean, they're going crazy, or we've got something going on here. Hopefully, we're okay here. Uh, if you are on 1450, you're hearing like Bellarmine women's basketball. I think is what we have going on over there. So flip over here to 970 WGTK. So that's what we're dealing with. I think we're good to go. Lots to talk about today. It's not just Louisville Kentucky men's basketball game day. It's by the, the way, just, I just I was okay. just letting know. Sorry, we are on fourteen fifty for at least until three forty five. Okay, well that that helps, right? Okay, so at three forty five, you want to flip over just the WGTK. Okay, so there you go. If you're listening to us on fourteen fifty, the Big X, we will go to nine seventy just at three forty five. It sounds like the the normal streaming link is also working for people for right now. So yes, I, it will I, until then. Until yeah. three forty five. Okay, there you go. Getting all of our eggs in a row here, all of our ducks in a row, all of our eggs out of the basket. It's fine. Uh, we'll talk, obviously, a lot about today's game, tonight's game. It, it's the most odd, I want to say, rivalry game, at least since I've been alive. The way the show's set up today is kind of perfect for today's game, yeah, right? Well, to, to be fair, like we are, so we're in our old studio across the uh, across the hall where we did the show from what, like August of 2021 through this summer when we had to go across the bridge for the entire summer to do our shows in Jeffersonville. And when we came back over, it was because the new studio was open. We moved over there. It is kind of like going back to your, like the first house you grew up in for the first time in years and being like, damn, this is, it, it's, it's different over here. Like it, it, it's the same, but it's also different. It's, it's like coming back to your old bedroom after going away to college. It doesn't really feel like your bedroom anymore. It looks the same. But things have changed. Things, Hard they, for me to answer that because I kind of still am in the same. I was going to say, and, and you never, you didn't go away to college until you were like twenty six. Yeah, so. and I was only there for like, a, but I did move out when I was like sixteen. So I mean, it's like, so none of the, I mean, but I was none of these analogies are working for but you. My house, the, the house is like Fredo just keeps bringing me back. But as a positive note on this, uh, to kind of go with your analogy, we're bringing Cardinals tonight are going to be bringing back old school as well in a victory. Okay, we're going old school. We're coming back to our roots in this in the studio. Tonight they go back to their roots. I didn't really know where you were going with that. I still don't really understand. But trying to be positive. Are you really predicting a victory? No. You sound did, kind of bad. Did, are you I, sick? No. How's your mom feeling? Uh, better. Good. Good. Better. She she had she she finally had to go to the emergency room today because oh jeez. I mean you know her common cold is most people's E. coli virus. So I mean it's, it's E. coli. E. coli. Are you, are you combining E. coli and Ebola? Yeah. Once again, you never had that. <laughs> no. Oh man, dude, it'll it's knock ter- you on your. It's butt. terrible. I'm surprised. It sounds like something you'd have had by now. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so I thought you were thinking like one of the first patient zero. Of patient it. zero could have been. Maybe I've had E. coli before or E. coli. Uh, so I dropped her off there this, this morning, and uh, I did not hang out. I just dropped her off. I was like, I'm going back. I'm going back to bed because 
this is son of the year. Yeah, what can I say? I do my I meet her halfway, and then went picked back up. She's doing fine now. Good. She's, she's feeling a lot better now, and starting to put some stuff in her stomach. She just needed a doctor to tell her what we all knew. It's just a little flu bug. Good. Uh, but the, the game tonight, six o'clock tip off. It's on ESPN. We've had weird Louisville Kentucky games before. I mean, especially in recent years. I mean, last year's was weird. We were, yeah. If you want to compare point spreads, like we were, we're thirteen and a half point dogs as of right now. I think it's actually moved to fourteen on most books. We were twenty three and a half point underdog last year, so there was even less hope going into this game, according to the odds makers. the The David Paget year was kind of a weird setup too, where hey, it was we know like, the road to add ten points. What the road adds ten points? Yeah. So it, <laughs> the, the Paget year in 2017-18 was a bizarre setup. Um, Patino's first year here was kind of there's a little awkwardness to it. But the game has always been the focal point. It's always been more about the game than it has been anything else. It's still Louisville, Kentucky, for God's sake, right? Like, that's the rivalry takes center stage. Yeah. This year, I don't think that's the case. I, I think the quote unquote secondary storylines are actually the primary storylines. I, I think you have more Louisville fans interested in what happens after the game than you have interested in the actual game itself. And, and you also have the, you know, the, the storyline of, just how blue is it going to be inside this building tonight? How embarrassing is it going to be for all of us to either show up at the Um Center or turn on the game on TV and see that 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 building with way more blue than we're used to? It's always too much, but this year it's really going to be, I think, a different level. Like, like what's that going to do? What's the narrative going to be coming out of that? And, and then you also have the like, what if they win? Like, like, like what what if they win tonight? What happens then? Everybody's just sort of assuming on both sides. I'm assuming you mean days in Louisville, right? Of course. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everyone's sort of assuming on both sides that no, I mean, it's not. What if Kentucky wins? <laughs> you never know. Maybe. What in in the unlikely event that the Wildcats triumph tonight as thirteen and a half point favorites? But everyone is sort of assuming on both sides that UK is going to win and win handily, and then it's you know. That's why the primary conversation is, does he get fired tonight? Does he get fired tomorrow? Does he get fired Saturday? Do we ride this thing out? But if Louisville wins, I mean, out of all the U of L things that have happened over the past year that have been strange, like firing Kenny Payne and potentially his entire staff after beating Kentucky in arguably the biggest upset in the history of the rivalry and while riding a two-game win streak would be, you know, it'd be Crazy. It'd be, it'd be insane. He'd be coming off his largest victory in school his, in, his, in his tenure and then beating Kentucky Now, on, on, as part of that two-game. It'd be the biggest win we've had as a program in like four years. Now, but we did have the two-game win streak last year, though. We've won two games this year in a row. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we won. Yeah. We also had, a, a, I think, uh, we, we had a two-game win streak last year. Last year, year was the one, yeah. We our, beat New Mexico State and Bellarmine back-to-back games this yeah. year. So, yeah, we're doing fine. We're okay. <laughs> we're doing great. As a, as a wise man wants to another station, we're... We're, in a, we're five wins in a rebuilding year, people. <laughs> what more do you want? What more do you want? <laughs> we're beating Pepperdine by 22. Everything's yeah. fine. Everything, everything's going to be good. It's fine. Everything's fine. But so everyone's concerned about what's going to happen after the game. And this is the first time in my lifetime where like, nobody wants to, you know, typically I'm sure your family members are the same. People want to come up to you. They're like, how do you think that? Wayne Blackshear matches up with Alex Poitras. And, you know, what are we going to do about their inside game? Oh, the fouls are going to come out. The officials in, like, Blackshear's already got two fouls before the game. Even Padgett's got two fouls. Like, all that talk. Nobody's asking anybody what they think about the game. There's nobody who, we went to, you know, Virginia's Christmas program yesterday. Nobody came up to me and was like, hey, man, do you think we have a shot in this game? Hey, man, who do you think he needs to play with? It was all like, is he getting fired? Is this going to be his last game? It's like, like, nobody is talking about this game itself at all. It's it, it, at least in terms of 
outside of the the, the, the terms of how it affects well, the only Kenny talk Payne's I, job. I've gotten is from my Kentucky fans is the, how much do you think we're going to beat you by? Right, like that, that's it, right? Uh, yeah, that's, that's all. I mean, I mean say, it was pretty much the same rhetoric as last year as well. You There's know? no, like, what needs to happen if yeah, we're going well, to contain yeah. Rob Dillingham. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you laugh like, that, you, like in how, normal how, years, how, we'd be talking about how that. How do you think you match up against our bigs? I mean, yeah. who's got the, who's got the, the, we'd be doing the breakdown, like, guard versus point guard, advantage Kentucky, advantage Louisville. Louisville can pull us Advantage bench, Louisville, you know. Is Aaron Bradshaw's yeah. lack of experience going to come back and bite them? Everyone's just like, if, if we lose by 50, do you think they'll fire him? Can, if you if you, if you you punch Cal early, will he make it an in-game in, in adjustments? Will, can, can you keep him on his toes? I mean, no, there's no... I think the only really, the biggest surprise so far at this point is that it was only 13.5 point spread. Yeah, which I, I don't... I'm actually kind of blown... I'm, I'm almost like looking at like, there's... Something, did we not know something already? Well, I mean, like, but I don't know how many times we have to do this. Like, the Ken Palm spread always is where the spread winds up being, at least within a point or two. And Ken Palm has Louisville losing this game by 13 points. So the spread, not shockingly, opens up at, I think, 13 and a half, and it's kind of stayed there. I think now it's at 14 at most books. But, like, you know, Louisville Kentucky fans see this, and they're like, oh, my God. Like, nobody, I've said this before on the show. Nobody ever reacts to point spreads with, yeah, that sounds about right. It's always like, I'm <laughs> betting my life savings on us to lose if we're playing poorly. Or like, I can't believe it's only 13 points. I'm betting my life savings on the cards. Like, nobody's ever like, yeah, that seems about right. I don't really know which way I'm going to go. Like, you know, we all think we've got this thing pegged, and both sides think that Kentucky's going to win. Now, having said that, I do think Kentucky's going to win and cover tonight. I to make a bad joke, too. That's fine. Right. Remember where we're on 970? I know. And 1450, though. Turns out the spread wasn't the one that got pegged. <laughs> so the storylines are abundant for this game. They're just not focused around the game itself, yeah. which which is a, a, a weird thing. Louisville plus 675 last I looked out on the money line on DraftKings. It's like, that's not enough, though. That's, that's, that seems, not, that's low, yeah. I mean, I'm expecting like in the 900s. I'm putting a dollar on Louisville still on the money line. I'm going to win more than $6 or something back. Like, I would want to think if I bet $50 on Kentucky to, on Louisville to win this game tonight, that I was going to, like, like, I'm unloading my account right afterwards, and it wouldn't be enough to, like, dramatically no. alter it. It'd be a nice little haul, but it wouldn't, I, I feel like the payout wouldn't be reflective of just how I mean ninety five percent of the money in this game apparently is coming in on Kentucky. I mean we we've had I think there's been better better scores on Louisville getting when they Louisville lost to like uh, to to Arkansas State and, and some other teams. Yeah. Now I did look this up today because I was curious. This would not be the biggest upset point spread wise in the history of the rivalry. 13, 13 and a half or fourteen would not topple the game we've referenced a few times this year, the ninety seven ninety eight game. Where Louisville was, I, I think three and six coming into the game, mm. and beat the fourth ranked Kentucky Wildcats at Rupp Arena. At Rupp Arena, in, in a season where Kentucky would go on to win the national title, and Louisville would go on to win just twelve games. Louisville was a sixteen and a half point dog in that game. So that that didn't know the spreads back then as well as I do now. No, but, I, yeah. I, I don't think that we're going to get I had a to bookie, that. Though. <laughs> we're not going to get up to that number today. Even if the spread does jump a point or two, sixteen and a half would be a a large jump. So. It, Point spread wise, this would not be the biggest upset in the history of the rivalry. I think if you're just looking at that, probably be the only double digit upset in this. If you're just looking at narratives and in terms of the way the fan base feels and everything swirling around both programs, I still would call this the biggest upset in the history of the rivalry. Is that oh, fair? Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm almost amazed. This I get I get the Kim Palm thing, but to me, the spread should be the same as it was last year, 2020, 20, around the 20 point mark to me. And adding into that is even at home, this is still a bigger upset. I think so too. Adding into that, though, is what took place this morning, which was the release of Brendan Quinn's uh, story from on The Athletic about Kenny Payne 
and all the circumstances currently happening within the the University of Louisville men's basketball program. Have you read this, by the way? I, I don't have an athletic scholarship. I saw. I've seen Nothing scholarship. Scholarship, yeah. They, they, they yanked my scholarship. It's worse a, than usual. Today. I'm a walk on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm concentrating on the game. Like, I got a lot of things going on in my mind here. We're in a new studio. It's weird. Um, just getting your bearings. I'm used to, to being looking at me too. Like, stop looking at me. It is kind of strange like, to be back. See here, me? Like, see, yeah. No, I'm used to being like being able to mute myself while you're talking and eat my sandwich and drink my drink and you're not knowing anything that's going on. And- I'm gonna turn the camera on one day just so I can see like when I'm talking, all the faces you're making where you're like doing like like yanking motions and all this stuff. I'm like, this is what he does when I'm not looking at him. I know it. I'm not gonna lie. I probably do <laughs> at least three yanking motions a show. Just rolling the <laughs> yeah, eyes. Then the fake gunshot to the temple. I've done that a few times. Um, now you made me forget the question. The athletic story. The athletic story. I, I don't have a, a, I don't have a scholarship or a scholarship, but I have seen some of the, uh, the pieces pulled out of it. Yes. It's, you need to let me borrow that. Uh, I can, I can, well, I'm not going to advocate for that on the radio, but maybe we can talk after the show. Spectrum's catching on to me on my uh, password shared. I think, by the way, (laughs) if you haven't read it, it's not a great look for Louisville. This may, may shock you. Uh, I think the, they cover a lot of the stuff that us following the program on a day-to-day basis, we already kind of knew, and they hit on the usual stuff about, you know, you brought Kenny Payne home to try and have one of your own, bring the program back to life and do all this stuff. But So, so that stuff, it, it, there's nothing new there. But he gets into, and Brenda Quinn may be the best in the business right now when it comes to college basketball reporting. He, he tells stories like this all over the country. He used to cover Michigan State uh, alone and did great work with for, wow. on them. And he kept busy up there. Yeah, he he did, and which is why he got the job at the Athletic. And now he, he's written some of the better investigative things and just kind of profile piece stuff that has come out over the last four or five years. But he gets quotes from he talks to Karan Davis. He gets quotes from Josh Hurd when Josh Hurd didn't talk to anybody. He gets quotes from anonymous current players and, and as well as anonymous former players. Um, and, and then Peyton Siva, Luke Hancock, they talk. But the most damning part of the story to me, or at least the, the, the most notable part of the story, is he goes he goes into the story that we all kind of want to know more yeah. details about, which is the Karan Davis saga, which has dominated our show for, for a brief— I mean, there was one day where we just talked nothing but Karan Davis for three hours, and we could have probably gone five hours more. It, it's the— This uh, dropping, by the way, just adds to the, the weirdness of th- this game in the robbery, Exactly. Right? It, uh, it, on this day. I think the Karan Davis story sort of— is emblematic of the entire Kenny Payne tenure here, where it's just strange. It feels like it was mishandled. People can't get the, the exact handle of exactly what went down and why it went down. And Quinn's able to shed some light on exactly what happened by talking to both Davis and some current players. And the first question that's answered is the infamous rumors about a altercation between Kenny Payne and, and Karan Davis. There was... And we sort of guessed this at this point. There was an altercation. It was not physical, no. according to, to either side and anybody who was there. Davis said at a practice in mid-November, which is the exact timeline that we'd heard th- this mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. There was a post-practice huddle. Payne went over to the group and said that, that Davis had bad-mouthed the team. Karan said that, that uh, Kenny Payne goes over. He told my teammates that Karan said, F all y'all. Karan said that that's not how it went down. He had to stand up for himself. Things escalated from there, but they never turned physical. A current Louisville player who was granted anonymity corroborated the events without facing and said that uh, confirmed what Davis said. That's exactly what happened. 
That what David said, F you guys or not? That, that, no, that, that Kenny Payne said, that Davis said, okay. F all y'all. And Davis was like, no, that's not what happened. Okay. And then they got into it. Now, the, the weird thing is. Which we kind of figured it was just a yelling contest. Right. They got rumored up to fisticuffs. Kind of how yeah. things happen. you know. I, yeah. Which, I mean, everyone knows, like, going back to like grade school. Like, if you had two friends who had a sleepover and they like, kind of yell at each other, it's like, I heard Brian beat the crap out of Billy. Well, like, I'll, I'll, my, my favorite is the fast times where she's, when they're in the cafeteria. And she's like, Mr. Spagoli pulled a knife out of Mr. Hand. Same you just thing. just called him a D. Yeah. <laughs> Same exact thing. Yeah. But so they go, the, the aftermath is where it gets interesting. Davis's status we know gets limited. Not in trouble. Yet. But he's still part of the program. He maintained access to the facilities. He remained enrolled in school and conducted occasional individual workouts with the coaches. <laughs> Which coaches? I'm assuming not Kenny. It had to have been Jameson. You know, so like, Josh, just take care of Do something. Yeah, here's, a, here's something for you. Like so, crumbs. So the UofL people, they kind of pushed back on the idea that the single, incident, in, the single incident was what got Davis kicked off the team. But it just so happened to be the exact same time. Like after the incident is when, like maybe it's the last straw or whatever. But nobody understood what was going on. So Quinn writes that he, he writes that that Karan Davis's teammates were confused. So were us. So, so was the media. I'm still confused. Everyone was confused about what exactly was going on. Kenny Payne's out there talking to the media, answering questions about this, saying he's still on the team, but he's not in trouble. He just can't hang out with us. Like the, the whole thing was bizarre. <laughs> the current player that Quinn talks to throws out this quote. It was so weird the way they handled it, is what the player says. First of all, we the, the fact that we have players talking to Brendan Quinn for the story is, I, I think, imagine this happening under a, any different regime here. It, it's just not good. It's, it's a sign that things are very well, bad. Well, I think there would also have been more better communication if, in another regime. Before well, of course. The, yeah, I mean, not the one right before this, but before that. <laughs> so nobody knows what's going on with this. Players on multiple occasions, according to the story, Go to Kenny Payne. I think they said, namely, Brandon Huntley Hatfield and Sky Clark. Which does not shock you. Go to Kenny Payne and say, look, we want Karan back on the team. We, we think he's a player that can help us. We think that this whole thing's been blown out of proportion. Karan's still our guy. Like, please take him back. And Payne's like, no. And so maybe that creates more of a rift between the players and the coaching staff. The players still speak out on, on, on Davis's behalf, and they still support him. And... Nobody really knows what's going on. Quinn ends the, the little spiel of the story by saying that, that Davis said that he plans to remain enrolled at Louisville for the next semester and then decide where he wants to play for 2024-2025. We knew that the handling of this was bad. Yeah. And it, I'm, it, it seems like it's even worse than we thought. I still have more questions, right? I mean, I'm, I'm not of alone. Of course. Because let me try to break this down a little bit in, in like a idiot's guide to the Cron Davis era of, of University of Louisville right now. Which, by the way, those uh, were created by the guy that was the was the character in Fast Times was based on. Um, so the the incident where he supposedly and yells "f you" to the, his teammates is the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, of course, the question is then where, what was the other instance? I mean, this seems to be the only one I've heard of anything close to an incident involving Cron Davis in any kind of issues. So I, I mean, this seems like the first straw, not the last. Second, the players are willing to forgive him, then why would the coaching staff still be adamant about keeping him off? This seems like a personal vindictive thing by Kenny Payne to Ron Davis, does it not? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just don't, I don't think he likes things I don't know about, but who knows? Maybe there were other events that transpired. I mean, the, the word from UofL when this happened was that this wasn't an isolated thing. Like, this was, he was 
he saw Davis as a bad influence for whatever reason. We don't know. We're not at practice. We don't have the stories here. And that was the reason to separate. The, the, the only thing that matters here is that the handling, if, if Payne wanted Davis to be off the team, I, I know that he's saying, he. I think in his mind, he's trying to protect Karan Davis. He's I, trying yeah. to keep this from being a story. It's not, it did not benefit him all no. to, to handle it the way that it did. It looked bad on Payne. It looked bad on Davis. It looked bad on the entire team. It looked bad on the entire program. Like, because at the end of the day, we've been kind of, and I think we're past that this point now, but think about last offseason, how many times we talked about, like, we need some something tangible to point to and say, this is why I have hope for the future, right? Because when the on-court results start piling up, and we're 4-28 and last year, and you've got a coach who's never been a head coach before, and recruiting isn't going quite as swimmingly as you, as you wanted it to, we don't have what Kenny Payne did as the head coach at, like, Southeast Missouri State, or how he killed it at Moorhead State, to point to and be like, this guy knows what he's doing, He's going to get us there. We just have to sit back and trust him. And so when you get a story like this, it kind of confirms all of your worst beliefs, which are this guy just doesn't know what the bleep he's doing, right? Like, like you know, we, we've been dying for some sort of answer of how things could go so poorly from a one-loss perspective without it being we just hired the wrong guy. It was the players. It was the black cloud. It was the... The NCAA, anything you wanted to point to, and the, the, the you know the, the harsh reality with every story that comes out like this is it, just kind of it's all pointing in one direction, which is we just made a bad hire. And how about a player like I don't, we don't even know people he didn't even recruit like Manning. This was Manning's guy, remember? That's the story. This whole situation was just bungled. There's no other way to say it. Like, like they, they they just they handled it poorly. It embarrassed the school. It embarrassed the program. It embarrassed the kid. At the end of the day, it embarrassed pain. It's just like, you're the man in charge now. I know you're trying to protect Karan Davis, but if you think that he's a bad influence to the team and you want him off the team, you've got to come out and say, we've kicked Karan Davis off the team, violation of team rules, and that's it. Like, all like, I know that you don't, but like, you're not the assistant anymore. You're, you're not the good cop to John Calipari's bad cop anymore. You've got to be the bad cop every now and then when you're the head coach of a program yeah. like Louisville. And if it was his decision to keep Karan Davis away from the team, you got to make that entirely. There aren't. This is not the time for half measures. And trying to play both sides a little bit there, it it clearly, according to the story, I think lost him some respect from his teammates, for, uh, from his players. The, the players wanted Karan on the team. They didn't understand why he was allowed to do some individual workouts and, and go to school and use the facilities. But, hey, he can't Excuse practice me. with us. He, he can't sit with us on the bench during games. Like, you know, either he's a part of the team or he's not, and he very clearly wasn't. And Payne's trying to walk this this sort of tightrope between the two, and it blew up in his face. Like, that's a bad look. Now, the the other thing that came out in the story, and I've said this on the radio show a number of times, you know, you've got a lot of players who on social media or in interviews or whatever who, former players I'm talking about, who are very vocally supportive of Kenny Payne. And I, I said, you know, there are lots of players, I can tell you this firsthand, that are aware and are upset about the way that this is going and who behind closed doors, they don't want to say it publicly because they don't want to, you know, it does no good for them personally, but like they have expressed concern behind closed doors about the direction the program's going and some of the things that are happening. And Quinn does quote multiple anonymous former players saying like this program's utterly unrecognizable. You know, this is just simply unacceptable. When you say former players, are we talking Crum or Patino era? We don't know. Okay. They're, they're anonymous, okay. so we've got no idea. And he does quote Peyton Siva. Siva's on the record. Luke Hancock's on the record. 
and they both are kind of they've been supportive of Kenny Payne and Steve's only quote that is used is kind of like this is a great place when things are going well people are very supportive mm-hmm. but when things are going poorly you know it can be a tough place to play and he knows that firsthand the fan base mm-hmm. was very hard on him uh, I think it's kind of been rewritten history the fan base was very hard on him until that senior year and he had the great run in March and even then like the, there were fans who were the best player at Louisville is always one of the most criticized people in this city, and Siva was was seen as that a lot. Maybe is the head that wears the crown it, for sure. And I think the fan base is some sometimes unrealistically yeah, hard on right. players, but uh, Siva would know that. And, and Luke Hancock, you know, he talks about positives going into year potentially that would justify a year three, but how he recognizes that the fans are kind of all checked out on that. It's a pretty damning story. The fact that it comes out on the morning of the rivalry game also, like you said, it, it does kind of mask the actual coverage of the game itself because this is like, it's just yet another piece of evidence that things are even worse than we thought they could ever get here. How did it get so bad? Now, Josh Hurd is— Wish he'd have dropped it yesterday. We could have talked about it more. Yeah, no, because— you know, oh, no. But, I mean, also it keeps us from talking about the game too much. Well, I mean— <laughs> How do we slow down Reed Shepard? Karan Davis would have got—his story would have got like six hours of radio time because if that's probably yesterday— <laughs> Josh Hurd talks about, you know, he is quoted on the record, and you know, the quotes don't provide a ton of insight into what his thinking is right now, but it, they do reflect the fact that he's very aware of the situation at hand, which we knew. Yeah. And you know, he, he goes on, he says what you would expect to say, which is, you know, it's unrealistic to put, you know, we're going to fire you if you lose this game on any head coach and all that stuff. And it just, but the fact that he was quoted for the story is, I think, kind of interesting since. His lack of uh, of comment and his silence has been such a big talking point here locally, but I probably told him we have anonymous quotes. Here's some of them. You right. Know, he probably saw some of those and was like, "Yeah, let me give at least one or two statements out here." The only quote that uh, that that, that Payne has, at least that's like a current, not like them going back and talking about some of the missteps that he's had, is him saying, <laughs> I learned at an early age that if you're motivated by the critics or if you're motivated by praise, you'll set yourself up to be heartbroken. So there it is. That, that's Kenny Payne's thinking right now. Uh, I don't know, but this that's, is that, I'm, that's a Kenny Payne quote. It's better than most of the quotes we get. So <laughs> at least talking about hurting the children, doing the children wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's all sad. It, it's just like this is a I don't it, you know, it's not like a smoking gun. Like you, you've got to fire him or anything. I mean, it, it's sad, but it's also it's not like a, a scandal thing or anything no, that's out there. No. You know, the typical like behind the scenes stories we've gotten have been worse than that for a variety of reasons. No, it's just an embarrassment of handling of what by people who should be professionals. It's yeah, it's the latest piece in a string of pieces of evidence that say this isn't going to work, and that this isn't the guy, and that at some point in the next three months, whether it's tonight, tomorrow, March fifteenth. Louisville's going to have to go in a different direction if they want to get their program back to where everyone expects it to be. And, then, and I don't, I and mean, listen, you can't give Kenny Payne a benefit. Like it's only his second, first second year as a head coach. He handled it wrong. The man's been in coaching for a, a decade and a half. He worked, you know, for a decade combined between under, you know, longtime professionals like Ernie Kenton and, 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 and John Calipari. He, there's no excuse even not to be able to know how to handle the situation. And even then, at Louisville, like Louisville is not a place. We hired the man. At the end of the day, it's on him to figure it out. Yeah. Louisville's not a place where you learn how to be a head coach. No. If you can't no, do no, it, no. We, you don't get a five-year learning curve here. Mm-mm. This isn't this isn't a, a, a low-major program. This is a program where you sink or swim immediately. This ain't Minnesota. It, yeah, it's not even a, a bad major program. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't learn how to be Nebraska, a head coach here. Okay, we're not giving— 
We, I love you, Miles, but you're not getting six years in Louisville. Nebraska's playing pretty well. I, I, I like to be in Nebraska right now. That's true. Man. Nebraska's fine. Um, I, I tell you what, let's take yeah, a break right now. Team. When we come back, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We'll take some text from you guys. Four From 4 to 430, we'll talk more about the actual game and try to get into some thoughts there, maybe some parting thoughts and, and what we think may happen. Whew, man, this could be a very eventful 24-hour period. For as little talk as we have the game about the game itself, there's a lot to talk about when it comes to Louisville men's basketball and where we go from here. We'll continue that discussion after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on currently 1450 and 970 WGTK. I enjoy the music today. Let the record show that it's not at all reflective of your own personal opinions, which makes it hilarious. You're sitting here, you're doing like believe music, you're like dancing to a miracle song. You don't think we're going to win this game. You don't even think we're going to come close. Hey, we can get through every animal on a boat. We can beat Kentucky. <laughs> Where you went with that? Well, it's because I'm looking at the Evan Almighty soundtrack. No. <laughs> That's why it's stuck in my head. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton Sex Line. Reminder, if you're listening to us right now on 1450 The Big X, in about five minutes at 345, we're going to be flipped over to just 970 WGTK. If you're already here on 970, nothing's going to change. You're fine. But at 345 on 1450, we will flip over to coverage of the Bellman women's basketball game. And so if you want to keep listening to us, you will have to join us over here on 970 WGTK, which is your home. For Cardinal Athletics. Uh, let's take some text here on the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Thornton's best deals all holiday season long. If you're traveling for the holidays over the next couple of days by car and you need to save some money at the pump, download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. It'll save you some money when you need to, f- f- to fill up. It'll also save you some money inside if you need to pick up a tasty treat or five from any one of this area's 34,860 Thornton's locations. Do all that and then text us at 502-414-1450. All right, let's get to it. Texter says, how bad is this breakup going to be? I feel like it's going to be ugly. Also, listening back to the Brom instructor presser, Josh said that the way the football season had started, uh, that he had worked through what the candidates list looked like, so I have no doubt he's fully prepared and has been for a while. Josh said, look, he, he's a, he learned under Tom Jurich. Jurich always had a list. We heard of that all the time. I, I know Josh has a list. I have no doubt in my mind on that. Texas, which of the Hurleys had a worse ass-kicking last night, Dan or Bobby? It was a rough night for... I, I told you I thought Seton Hall would play close with UConn. I still thought UConn would win. They got boat raced. Big East is off to a crazy... All of three of the top 12 teams in the Big East what was the, lost their what, first conference game. What was Albert, uh, Alabama-Arizona final? I missed it. I, I, I missed that one. Arizona pulled away late to win by 13. So they covered. They covered. Arizona covered. So I, I faded my four games. I went two and two. Because I, I, my house was the fourth one. I went because I bet three and I went two and Bay, two. And I, one. I had to take Baylor because I picked Duke originally and they didn't cover. They, they, I, I picked Duke. I got Baylor. I, I got I got it right when the game started and Duke jumped up five nothing. So I got actually got him with six points, but they still didn't cover. I picked Duke, but I didn't bet that one. I bet Carolina to cover. I took Carolina as the, uh, as the fade and I took um, 
Uh, Seton Hall's the fade. I did bet on Bama. The only actually the only other game I bet big on Ryder to cover the spread, and they won outright. So that was my my big bet of the weekend. But I did put the other two in a in Zach a, Ryder. No, in a, in a parlay which didn't hit. I took Xavier to cover against Rick Pitino. What was I thinking? That's St. yeah. I was, St. John's role. St. Yeah, they were. Up, I, I was watching a little bit. I don't know why. I'm, I feel like I'm punishing myself. I do somewhat get like a joy of watching St. John's play and just watching Patino coach again. He also like held. It was basically like a, a thirty minute comedy show after the game at his press conference. He was I mean, just holding court. Him vintage. He's done more in like two months at St. John's than Payne's done in sixteen months at Louisville. Arizona State lost to Northwestern by nineteen. That's not good. Who did? Arizona State. Ooh. Northwest- hey, now Northwestern. Now come on. Kamari Lance played six minutes. <laughs> no points. He's. Well, he's kind of still a freshman. He didn't get much teaching last year. Everyone's last year didn't count for anybody. Apparently, it's Kenny's first year. How's Curry doing? And is a second chance at getting a big man from us in uh, at the good Grand Canyon University. Uh, let's see, Cindy Curry, five point six points per game, four point six rebounds per game. Played fifteen minutes last night in a seventy six sixty four win over Sam Houston State. Four points, five rebounds. That sounds about right for Curry, probably. Man, if you take a big man from Louisville in your Grand Canyon, you just can't expect much. Well, and he's looked like Shaq compared to what they got the first time around. Wayne Gayon didn't do anything. Yeah, I don't think he. I think he played five games hardly. Texture says after beating UK this year, Nyla Harris talked about how much beating UK means to them and how they make sure to let the know the incoming players know when they first get to campus. Conversely, the last five to six years in men's basketball and football has been filled with Kentucky playing with significantly more juice and confidence than Louisville, and seeming like they care significantly more. I don't see any of that changing tonight. Unfortunately, I think we're in for yet another embarrassing beatdown by 25 to 30. Go cards, fire Kenny Payne. I think it's easy to say when you lose to the other side, like they're more up for the rivalry than we are. And I do think like Kentucky football for the last few years has definitely seemed to like hate us more. Like, like they're, you know, they're throwing the L's down, they're, you know, they're, they're starting stuff. Well, we macked them for a decade. But I, I think like in men's basketball, some of the losses, it hasn't been just because Kentucky gets up for like they just, they've just played better than us a few times like now last year's kind of an exception because you know, wow. we, we didn't get up for anybody last year and, and this year who knows how yeah. it's going to look but it's, yeah it's like 11 a.m in the kelsey manor right now no one's getting up yeah i, I don't know i mean i would like to see us obviously become more competitive in the men's basketball and football rivalries very soon. Although, look, Kentucky's only got a one-game winning streak. Like, you came been decked out in the card. I'm, I'm going I'm to I'm rocking more. all you vels. It's See, still the game for to, God's To sake. me, though, I went more of the old school. The uh, like I always think of Buffalo. I think I'm taking the decal off the helmet. You got to give me something to make me bring out the decal again. You also worn that hoodie, I think, every day this week. I do like this hoodie. Though it did give us some bad vibes already today. I stopped at Arby's earlier this afternoon and got something. And it was at our, our, my, my beloved Arby's down the street. And... Yeah, I pull up and the guy's just like, he kind of looks at me and sees the sweatshirt. He's like, well, y'all choked bad on Monday. Mm. I'm like, really, dude? I mean, I, I know this. I'm aware. It's like, you don't, I mean, the, you don't really have to point it out and laugh at me. I mean, like, I'm paying you for diabetes as is. You don't have to, like, sit there and, like, point and laugh at me on top of it. I mean, come on, dude. Give me my, give me my roast beef and mellow and be on my way. Now we might not win because <laughs> those bad vibes. Like, That's not a good way to start the afternoon. <laughs> Texas, I'm so desperate to be re- relevant in basketball again that this is going to be next year after we bring in a new coach and are aim at at least half decent. It's that have you seen that image of the guy gets his medal and he's like celebrating? He's like popping champagne, giving everybody, and then it shows him he's like standing on the third place podium. Like oh, that is going to if we make funny. the NCAA tournament next year, we're we're, we're just funny, going though. to be giving middle fingers to everybody. If we do what? If we just make the tournament next year? Oh yeah, I mean. We're back. It's like you're a 10 seed. I don't care. 
compared to where we're coming from, yeah, I, I, I will be doing it. We want UConn. I wouldn't even third place. I'll be the guy like just like in the background. Texas, now that Mike has resumed his effort to see mid-major Mick Cronin hired, what, what are you talking about? I don't. I didn't hear you push this. Because I haven't. Uh, I will come off the sidelines once again to repeatedly remind everyone that Mick Cronin sucks just because he gives local media access the current staff didn't, doesn't make him worth his buyout, and no, there's no way around his buyout. Would I rather have Mick Cronin than what we have now? Yeah, but that's not like my Listen, preferred choice. I do not like Mick Cronin. I mean, I, I don't know. When you know I just don't like Mick Cronin. You're not a fan. I'll still take him next year over this, this staff again, yes. That, I mean, we talked about this yesterday. That's what, like, this period of time has done. Where two years ago, we were, you know, we're picky. We're like, ooh. Oh, no. The marbling on my filet mignon is maybe not up to par. Like, you know, now we're like, I don't care if it came out of the bargain bin in the dumpster. Like, just give it to us. <laughs> Grill it up and put it on the plate. We'll smother it in A1. It's going to be fine. No, no. Two years ago, I was like, I'm not drinking that ball. Well, that's not my flavor. Now I'm just lipping, lapping water out of a muddy, muddy hole in the ground. How dare you? <laughs> I don't. I, I would never drink a cab under a hundred dollars. Now it's like slap the bag. We're chugging box wine. Let's do it. I don't care. It gets the job done. Oh, box wine. Okay. Texas has a gun to your head, metaphorically, of course. Is this Payne's last game at U of L? Please, baby Jesus, say yes. Gun to head. I'm going to say no. This is. I mean, this is the million dollar question. And if you're asking, like, this is not inside info. This is not me saying this is based on what I've heard. I say yes. By the way, we just now switched. Just want to give okay, we're on 970 now. Yeah. If you were listening on 1450, well, you're not listening to this anyway. But yeah, you, you should have made the switch. We've said it before. When did Mike start sounding like Jim Tyree? <laughs> I, I'm, this is just me guessing. I think tonight's Kenny Payne's last game. Could be wrong. Now, of course, if, if we win, I do think it changes things. I said that yesterday. If we, if we lose handily, I think we find out in the next 48 hours that if we win, I could see a delay. And then go, now, is this Kenny Payne's last year? Short of winning the national title, yes. The only way he could I, he could change what I feel is, is save his job is by winning the national title this year. And I don't say that. I don't think that's happening. I mean, he could he could we, he could Ali us. I don't know. I do think we've gotten down to one of two paths for the rest for the next three months. I, I think either he's fired before Christmas, you know, sometime after tonight and, and before Christmas. Or he's the coach for the rest of the season. I, I would be like shocked. Him. And I've been, barring something unforeseen, like, you know, it comes out that he got into an, a, an actual fight with a player this time, and, you know, there's a player revolt. Barring something like that, I think that if, they, if, if they're willing to go through this two weeks off span where there's going to be no news, nothing, like this is the perfect time to, to make a change if you're going to make it. If they don't do anything for this two weeks period, I, I can't see them just like spending two weeks on the sidelines. And then we come back and we lose like three games in January. And they're like, well, that's it now. We're going to fire him and have let the interim have one day to prepare for our game against Virginia. I, I, I think it's either they stick it out, say just, you know, sit back and accept it. Maybe it's better than we think it's going to be, or the change happens now. I'm, I think I've, you know, I'm not a big fan of like in season change. You're not. You've said that. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to like bend my rules, like post like the Arkansas State game because the team just gave up in the second half. I mean, you, if you, if you got it to where it, and you're in the middle of the season, i.e. like the 2018 football season, where the team and just is just giving up, then then you know you got to pull the trigger. You you got you can't just you 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 can't let that go on for two months. If they had done that against Pepperdine, I would be very very heavily strongly believing that tonight would be his last night. They did they did show you know that you beat Pepperdine by 20, 22, whatever you, you biggest win. He wins tonight again. It'll be no bigger than my underwear. If he wins tonight, 
then, I mean, I don't know if you can really pull the trigger tomorrow. I mean, I still think he's done after the end of this year, no matter what, like I said. But so you don't, you, you said you, if you just gun ahead, you don't think this is his last game. Do, so do you think he's getting the full year? Again, we're just guessing here. There's no wrong answer. No I right think answer. tonight does have some, some bearing on whether he gets the full year or not. Yeah. I think if we lose tonight badly and he's chucking it up and high-fiving, you know, Milt Wagner and giving DJ a hug and, you know, he, he's, most of the game, he's looking confused like he does, and then he's just you know smiling with Ducky while we're getting beat by forty. That's not a good look. I mean, and I could, Answer I could see question. maybe that trigger being pulled in. So you think he's getting the full year if, if it's not? Well, you, I mean, you already said you don't think he's. Yeah, but if, if it's not after the night, I think he will get the full year. Yes. Okay. I can't imagine him doing an embarrassing stretch that would make him worse than what I just described. Texas does it suck losing to Kentucky in basketball and football every year? Yeah. Yeah. Does it suck being Mr. Obvious? It's an angry guy. Now, why is he angry? Because We're the ones that should be angry over here. You, you should know, be happy guy. You know why? Because everything else in his life sucks. Outside of his two biggest sports teams dominating Louisville. It's sad. Oh, poor me. Everything in my life sucks and my team suck, dude. Texas, Scott Drew, got to make him say no. I think I thought we'd gotten Drew before, man. man we're just, okay. No. Texas, it's, uh, it's like we're looking down on Wayne's basement, only that's not Wayne's basement. <laughs> Talking about listening on seven nine 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 seventy. I think that feels like how we're looking at Louisville's program as basketball program as a fa- as us as fans now. Weird. That's a haku. And with him as always is Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> he blows goats. We have proof. <laughs> Texas, can we talk about the UK basketball manager's cheating? Have you seen this story? I saw the. What is the story? I meant to ask you this before we went on the air. What's the inside of this? So the UK and U of L managers got together and, and played. You know, their annual game. Managers game. Managers do this. Uh, there used to be, I think, more of these, but there's only been like four this year. Where when the two teams are playing, the managers will get together the night before the game and they'll play an actual game. And so, my understanding of what took place is it was a, it was a two point game with like a, a, a little bit over a minute to go. Okay. And the UK managers just held the ball because I guess they don't use shot clocks in these. I'm games. assuming they had the two point lead. They had the two point lead. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. holding the ball. UK's they're trying to take the cowards route here. Just hold the ball. I don't know why they don't play with shot clocks. I guess they can't. It's too hard to manage all that stuff. U of L ends up getting the ball back, so they're down to with like like less than ten seconds to go. The U of L player drives to the basket. He calls a foul. Again, there are no referees. The players are calling their own fouls. Call, yeah. He calls a foul with 1.8 seconds to go. So two free throws to go to the, the line to tie the game. The UK managers don't think it was a foul. They're like, no. And they just leave. Just walked off the court? Just walked off the court. Uh, that sounds like I can t- take our ball and go home. So that, they tweeted out last before. night. Yeah, the, uh, the managers always tweet Jay Billis to say the results, and Jay Billis keeps track of it and retweets them. So the UK managers tweeted out, like, hey, big win for UK over UofL. And UofL managers are saying it's a forfeit. The Virginia Tech managers put out an official statement saying that they acknowledge this is a forfeit for Kentucky. Yeah, and Louisville gets the win. That's a Louisville win. You forfeit. You walk off. That's a forfeit. Coward move. I mean, I don't even care what happens tonight. We won the managers game, baby. Look, we made we beat them. We beat them till they so bad they quit. I mean, isn't it? What's what's the? Uh, I mean, what's the, the the playground rule? If you call foul and there's a dispute, then you, you the other you, the disputer shoots a free throw. If he makes it, it's a. It's, he gets the, he gets no call. If he ball misses, line. Yeah, ball on line. Work this out. And if you've That's been, how you do it in the playground. If you've been playing the entire game with the, you know, the the players calling their own fouls, like you have to at least honor it in the last few minutes. Or if you don't like it, just like hurl yourself into somebody after he makes the two and just call a foul and try to get it back. Yeah, I mean, come on. This, this can't be your first playground rules. I mean, it's 
Classic Lexington babies. They walked off. We won. Hey, we got to win. I don't think we should show up tonight. No. We already got the win. We're not playing. <laughs> Texas is the dread I feel with how the yum will be 70% blue, 30% red, based on rational or irrational fear. Losing is one thing, but having them take over our own stadium is something that I feel like is going to live on forever. They should have held a lottery for where for football season ticket holders or something just to get people in there. Are we overselling the fact that you could be going to bring that many people? I was going to ask you. Okay. Because there are all these wild predictions. Like, like it's going to be 80% Kentucky and all this. What do you think the, the actual ratio is going to be like tonight? I mean, I think it, it could be a heavy blue to red, but I just, I'm just i also wondering how many people are actually going to be there in general. I mean, I would say Kentucky, I'd say it's going to be probably 65% blue. I, I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as everyone is saying because I don't think it's, it's quite as bad as people always make it out to be. I, I think Louisville fans go to these games – and yeah, we all we would love to see it be just just red, but when there's like a smattering of blue, we're all like, oh my god, it's like thirty percent Kentucky fans in here. When the reality, like I always try to look at it, I'm like, imagine the roles were reversed and all of the red people in here are blue, and you're looking at it then. I'm like, okay, it makes it. Blue fans are pretty loud too, which does does the, help. The, it, look, it's going to be embarrassing. Yeah. It, it's going to be loud. There, there will be blue white cheers. There will be CATS cheers that will be audible on TV. I think it's going to be like because some people are like it's going to be 75, 80% UK fans. And maybe I'm I'm being naive here. Mm. I think it'll be closer to like 60, 40 UK. I think there'll be a lot of them there. I wouldn't be shocked at all if it's like kind of 50 50. What, what do you think of the attendance in general, the, the overall attendance though? I'm going to say like just shy of 15,000 would be my guess. You think we, you think we pull 15,000? I think there'll be a lot of UK fans there. I, I, I do. I mean, I think you also will have more U of L fans than you typically have. Like it's, it's still the game. People are still going to show up. I do think there are. It won't be like a typical Louisville crowd for a Kentucky home game because a lot of people are going to say, I just don't want to like go through this. Why would I put myself through this? We're going to lose the game. There's going to be so many UK fans there. I hate these guys. I can't. like If I had season tickets, I would kind of be in that boat where I'm like, I just don't know. Like I hate being in the building when Kentucky loses or Kentucky beats us regardless. Like Just being there at Cardinal Stadium last month was just nauseating and having to deal with it. It just it, it sucks. And so if you kind of feel like the team's going to lose and you know there are going to be a lot of Kentucky fans there, I can see why you would just kind of opt out of this situation. But I think there'll still be, uh, you know, there'll be more Louisville fans at this game than have been in any other home game so far this season, which there should be. It's Kentucky and they're number nine in the country, for God. What are we talking about? Texas, I totally disagree, Mike. Trevor could absolutely Flintstone an office chair faster than four miles per hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> we have a twin. Was that like was I racing something? I think this go back to yesterday's discussion where you were talking about like fighting a sea lion in a rascal. Oh, you know, you said and I penguins in a rascal and a penguin, yeah, a penguin race. <laughs> I didn't need it, but yeah, you put me in an office chair and a bat. Oh man, I think you could. Yeah, you, you, well. <laughs> I gotta have the weapon. I mean, see, see, I'm not gonna jump on the back. Those things are slippery. Texas. Now I preface by saying I think Kentucky can beat us by whatever they want tonight, but going off of rankings alone. If Louisville beats Kentucky tonight, would it be one of their worst regular season upset losses in history? Oh, would man. this be a bigger upset loss for them than UNC Wilmington from, from, from a few weeks say, ago? I mean, they always go back, of course, to BMI and Gardner-Webb, too. I mean, What's UNC Wilmington? UNC Wilmington and Ken Palm is 120. Um, okay. Well, that's... We are 177. You so know what I, I would give to be a 120? <laughs> I, I think that UNC Wilmington winning in Lexington is still less of an upset than us beating them at home based on the ratings. Yeah, I mean, this is we're talking about the biggest upset in the, the robbery history here. Jeez, it's 
Gosh, that was like. What was the line when we when we when we did the bro, uh, broke Bam's ankles game? You remember off the top of your head? I know it's a weird question. I think they were favored by like one and a half or two. It was only one and a half. Or it was two. I was thinking high. they were closer to seven, maybe. But I could you, you'd be no better. I can find it real quick. I, I don't know why, just because I think that game is kind of like. I mean, I know there's there's hard. I mean, we were both ranked in the top fifty because we were both. Yeah, we were so much better. But they were. I mean, they were kind of more of a stacked team, and we. I don't. I don't. I, I mean, I I, th- I thought we could win, but I don't think anybody thought we would win outside of Louisville fans in that game. Really, I didn't because you know we'd been. And, and, well, Kentucky was a us. very good team too. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the only good Calipari team that we've beaten. Yeah, our, our other two wins are over an NIT team and a team that won nine games. The point I bring up is this. It also, this game kind of has that same feel of landing. It was. I mean, that was like a six o'clock game on a Tuesday. Thursday, yeah, it was same. Yeah, it was, same th- it was okay. this exact same day, December twenty yeah. first, and that's just kind of the. I, I look back at that, and I know we were obviously much better. Well. You know, better, better roster, better coaching staff, but you know, we weren't really thought to win that game, and we pulled it out. Like we weren't, but it was more like I think at that time it was more about us, like as a fan base, not just believing because we'd been yeah. down. We'd had so many of these games where like we were pretty good, but they were really good, and it was like a you know a point spread here or there, and. I think we were just kind of jaded at that point. I think nationally there were a lot of people that thought we could win that game. Kentucky was a one-point favorite in that game. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought they were higher ranked. Than- we won 73-70. No, I remember the game. Because I, I do remember like that game. Remember that's been my that's maybe my top five. Maybe oh, it's that, great. Might, might be number two. Number one's 95. Because no, no we led that whole way, and it's, I think little fans still were like, they're going to, you know, they, they had a last-second shot to tie it. We still yeah. were like, I, I thought no. we were going to lose the entire time. All right, got to go to break. Come back. We'll have 30 more minutes. We'll preview today's uh, tonight's game. It's the Battle for the Bluegrass pre-pregame show here on 970 WGTK. KLB Manchester. Y.com. All I think of it when you play this song. Mike Rutherford saying, "All I need is a miracle." I, I keep thinking of the uh, the. You don't know this because it's sort of a newer kids movie, but in, in, from Encanto, like the main character has a song which is like, "Here I stand, waiting for a miracle." Like it's, it, it's which which perfect. movie is this? From Encanto. Encanto. In, okay. It's newer. It, I think you actually would like that if you like Frozen. I think you would. The music's really good. The same guy who did, um, Hamilton. Did the music for Encanto? Okay, I've still never seen Hamilton. Yeah, he's, 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 music's good. I, I enjoy Hamilton. We talked about it. Anyway, we've got about twenty-five minutes Can we here. More about instead. No, we've talked about uh-huh. twenty-five minutes here. We got about twenty-five minutes here to talk about the Louisville Kentucky rivalry game tonight. If you're just joining us here on nine seventy WGTK at four thirty, we'll give the baton to Jody Demling, Paul Rogers, and company for the official pregame show. And then 6 o'clock, of course, is tip-off between the Cards and the Cats in their annual rivalry game. Kentucky, a 14-point favorite, according to most books right now. ESPN has the TV coverage. A a rivalry game, unlike any other that we've seen in this series, where I I think that the game itself is of secondary importance to certainly Louisville fans. Kentucky fans, you know, this is a quad-four loss to to Kentucky. Losing a road game to—Patrick Ryan's in the house. Losing a road game— to Louisville, a 
ACC team, forget the rivalry, is a quad four loss for them. It is not overstating things to say that if UK loses tonight, it could cost them an entire seed line on Selection Sunday, which is wild. So for UK, the game is of importance. There's certainly importance surrounding tonight's game. For Louisville, I think the fan base is more concerned about what happens after. Is he gone? What do we do? If we win, is he gone? What do we do? But The game itself tonight, though. Louisville, if we can talk seriously for a second, it did play better against Pepperdine. They win by 22. They look engaged. They you know, There was no zombie lapses. Uh, they, t- they took good shots. They competed defensively. They did what they were supposed to do, which is like we haven't seen in, in basically a year and a half from the squad. Is there any sort of hope in your mind? Because you would expect them to be engaged and to play hard again tonight since the Kentucky's in town and you know, the, the eyes of the college basketball world are upon them for, for one evening. Is there any hope in your mind, Trev, that these songs that we're talking about, miracles, we see a Christmas miracle tonight inside the KFC Home Center? I mean, do you are you wanting me to give you like a Herb Brooks type speech? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I want you to give me your honest opinion. I mean, is do I think? I mean, yeah, I think if Louisville plays particularly offensively, because at this point, like, I, I can't. I don't think I can ask for like. A game in offense and defense, so I'm just going to take offense if, if I'm going to have any chance. I think in this scenario, if they can play in a similar fashion offensively, is to not just the Pepperdine game, but I brought up yesterday or day before the Texas game, where you know they have single digit turnovers. I mean, Louisville has double digit turnovers. They're not going to beat many teams, let alone Kentucky. You can't give that many extra possessions to a team that's better than you as is. Uh, they limit them on offensive rebounds, which they did in the Texas game as well. Again, three possessions to them. You cannot afford to give up. And the second thing, and the third thing, I think for them to, to have a chance, I know you brought three pointers, in which I think is Louisville would need to make a ton. For me, it'd be more not only hitting, but getting to the free throw line at a large abundance number. We need 65 free throws. Tonight. I mean, maybe not that high, but it's going to be 65. And what worries me is that I, I know that Louisville is you know, ranked in the, in the free throw attempts and this and that. I mean, let's be honest, though, 90% of our opponents have been teams that are just not as athletic as us, which is going to help us get to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bawtech aside, BHH has played against probably not a guy even near his own size yet this season, has he? I mean, I don't even remember what DePaul had on the schedule. Texas and, well, and yeah, Texas and Texas and, and, and you are, yeah, I give you. And he and look what happened that game. He nearly he fouls out in the Texas game. And I can't remember what he did against Indiana off the top of my head, but I don't remember you he know played well. Yeah, the thing is, he's going to have to. He's, he's not going to be able to rely on him, and him, not not him alone, but everyone else, to getting the free throw line on our being more athletic than this opponent. You're going to have to get to the free throw line, and that in fold will obviously cause Kentucky to be in foul trouble, which maybe can help them lapse on their defense a little bit, be more more laid back, which can help us. So the, if those things can happen, then yeah, I mean, Louisville can be in the game. I'm not going to say they'd win the game, but they could be in it. I did not follow at all where you just went with that. You're all over the place. So is this team. They are. You're, you're, you're right. <laughs> I can envision. Hold on. Patrick, did you get that? He, he said yes. You you lost him about like 30 seconds in there. I, I can envision a world in which Louisville like loses this game by single digits where they cover the, the 14, 13 point spread. Every time I try to take myself to a place where we're celebrating, we're pointing and laughing, a cardinal victory over UK tonight, I keep thinking about because, like, if you're predicting a Louisville win, you're probably not saying that Louisville's going to, like, blow them out or win by 15. So let's put ourselves in a world where 
there are two minutes to go, and Louisville's clinging to like a three-point lead. How much confidence would you have in this team with this coaching staff to make the right decisions in the last minute or two of a game? How many times have we seen that in the last couple of years where they just fall flat on their face in those types of situations? And imagine you know the the anxiety level that is present when you need to make the plays to beat like App State or to beat UMBC or to beat whoever we've played in these games. It's amplified tenfold when you've got Kentucky in town and a potential majority of UK fans in your building. I feel like like our, we would just have dudes just like ball up and cry and we'd lose the game. Like I have no faith in our ability to make the plays necessary to win a close game in the final minutes. So while I can see Louisville surprising everybody and maybe keeping this thing relatively close, I can I, I, I can take my mind to that place. I can't actually get us to a position where I'm like, I think I can see them winning this game. Do we trash talk if we lose a close game? Like, how could you not beat us by 30? I think we have to. I mean, is that, is that the best way we can trash talk it? I mean, the you know, we, we beat you by four. <laughs> the, the, the biggest, like, jab we could pay to UK is if we like like only lose to them by five or six and we still fire Kenny Payne. It's like we he's like he still is so bad. Like we still think he's so bad that only losing by five or six to a top ten team, we were like, yeah, but he sucks. We gotta get rid of him. Uh I, I don't know. I mean I, I just I don't envision any scenario where we're celebrating. I would love to. I'd love to see the miracle happen. I think it'd be funny. It'd be weird though too because we talk about the and by the way, to answer your question, zero confidence in that scenario. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about the weird circumstances surrounding this game. You would have, I, I think, a a majority of Louisville fans, if we win tonight, would be happy because you, know, you get to point and laugh at UK fans. We get this for 12 months, it'd be hilarious. But you would have a segment of the fan base that is legitimately disappointed if we win this game. <laughs> that, that would say, like, why well, this just prolongs the inevitable, it keeps Kenny Payne here. Um, like, like, Trust me, the worst is it prolongs them to the end of the season at the most. Again, it's a minority of the fan base, but yeah. there will be those people. Like, there will be those people that have that reaction, which I don't like, – imagine another time in our history as a basketball program where beating Kentucky would have been met with disappointment by any segment of the of the fan base. It's insane where we are right now, but that's what 4-28 and season and a 5-6 and six start with the worst non-conference schedule we've ever seen. That's where that takes you. I mean, I, you mentioned the, the trash you can talk. I mean, Kenny Payne wins this game, and then, you know, we only win, like, two more games the rest of the season. He's, like, going to the year. And it's like, they're going to, oh, Kenny Payne sucks. He beat you. Yeah. Guess what? Guess who won those games? Kenny Payne. If he finishes with a 500 record against UK, we get that, I mean, we get that forever. That, that yeah, and then we can get rid of him at the end of the year. That at least, that takes a lot of sting off the, off the, the jellyfish burn that is this Kenny Payne era. It'd be nice. It'd be nice. All right, let's uh, let's take some text here. 502-414-1450. we got about 15 minutes before we got to get out of here. excited for a brief moment. And dude. turn things over to the pregame show. <laughs> Texture says, if Kenny gets fired today or tomorrow, how soon until substantive coaching uh, replacement rumors begin? Nothing until the end of the season? Question mark. First of all, Who they knows? began last year already. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've already did. When do they begin? When do they stop? <laughs> Same text talks about, like, do you think there's a world where Kenny could get fired tonight? No. I don't. The best is if you hear rumors that there's a meeting afterwards or something with her, and that then you just assume that it's going to be announced tomorrow. But it's that's the closest thing you come to announcement tonight. I can see if, if we're just talking about like all scenarios on the table. The only way I can see that happening is if if tonight gets really bad. Like let's say worst fears confirmed, 
UK gets out to like a 20 point first half mm-hmm. lead. They run away. They win by like 35. Okay. And it's and the, the players look checked out. The we coaching should, staff yeah. is you know, Arkansas State second half. It could happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it could happen. Like getting rid of Kenny Payne would never be met with more near unanimous approval than it would that night. Because anytime you lose to Kentucky, it doesn't matter if it's by one point or 50 points, the fan base is going to be just up in arms. I mean, think about the fan base after we lost to them in football. Like, you had people that were like, Jeff Brom sucks, this, this, this ruins the entire season. Like, in that moment, the fan base will be, they will be out for blood. And if Josh Hurd gives that, like, there won't be one fan who's like, I don't like this, I think we should have waited until it's tomorrow, or we should have given him more time. Like, everybody would be like, good, a change. So if, like, if Josh wants to accomplish that, that's the only way I can see it happening tonight. Even in that case, though, I don't think there's any way that he gets fired. Louisville loses by 35-40. Kenny Payne's, you know, hugging and, and laughing with the UK guys mm. afterwards. We haven't talked about that yet. Press conferences, were, you know, the media's in there waiting. Rashawn's licking his lips, ready to ask a question. He's chomping at the bit. In comes Josh Hurd. He sits down and goes, Kenny Payne is no longer the head coach of this basketball program questions and then you get an iron man moment right there like boom everybody he's not in trouble he's just no longer with us <laughs> he's just no longer yes. you're just no longer going to see the best him contribution you've given us in this entire internship <laughs> yeah that would be great but i mean he'd be, he'd be iron man he'd be like and then the question just start exploding at him how awesome would that be we have not t- being back in the studio does remind me of you, you, this this was the studio where we did the the DJ Wagner update. We played the DJ Wagner yeah, song we did, yeah. update of the day. And when the recruitment started to go south. That was your nightmare. Yeah. My initial nightmare was I can see us. You know, we've got Milt Wagner on staff now. I, I just have this vision of DJ Wagner, the prodigal, the, the guy that when even before Kenny Payne was being talked about as being the head coach, like if we get Kenny Payne, we'll get DJ Wagner and we'll get Milt and it'll be great. Like I just have had this vision of him coming in here, dropping 30 on us. And then Kenny and, and Milt Wagner bro-hugging him in, the, in the, the handshake line, patting him on the back and laughing it up in our own building. And now that the game time, like, it feels like not, it, that scenario has only become more realistic over time. And more I don't know if I can handle winning. it. Like, that will be, if that happens tonight, if DJ Wagner goes off, he's the leading scorer, he scores like 31 points, we lose by 25. And Kenny Payne is like giving him hugs and stuff, and Milt's like dapping him up. Like I will be like, all right, no more. Like if you don't fire tomorrow, I'm not watching another game. The rest he, of the he hits a three and high fives Kenny on the way back down the court. <laughs> I can't deal with that. I can't handle it. Texture says scandal, uh, scandal fatigue. Honestly, I would rather all y'all local radio save your energy for post game bleep show that is sure to be happening. What energy? I mean, we we I mean we we kind of already know it's coming. Yeah. I don't. What, what what energy do you want? Mm-hmm. We we don't have energy for this show. Texture says two things in slightly long. Sorry, based upon the athletic <laughs> article on KP alums and supporters, really think that if we gave him a couple more years, would he he would have success? Does anyone really believe that the guy can't coach? Period. To the article made it seem like they were slightly siding with KP and calling out fans for only looking at the negative. What positivity are we to pull from anything that KP has done? Scoots hater. I, I don't think that I didn't get that from the article at all. I, I think that they only. They shed light on the fact that the the on court results had gotten so bad that it had had let the it forced the fans to kind of devolve into personal attacks a little bit, and, and it, it talked about the the missteps that Kenny Payne has had behind the mic at press conferences and sort of alluded to 
if he says these types of things and he's winning a lot of games, the fans aren't going nuts over it. But when you're you're four and twenty eight, like everything is going to be you know, microanalyzed and people are going to which which I agree with. Like you know, yeah. if, if Kenny Payne said he wanted to beat UK by one and John Calipari wants to beat him by a hundred and we'd beaten UK last year and we were playing well right now, I, I'd be like, oh Kenny. Hilarious. Like, I don't agree, but like, whatever. How well, much are you uh, Howard Hughes, if he's poor, he's, he's weird. If he's rich, he's eccentric. Exactly. Yeah, like, I, like, mean, it, I think with all of these things, like the Tyler tight situation, we'd probably side with Kenny Payne if he'd lost like four games over the last year and a half. We'd be like, come on, Tyler. The kids these days. This but, is what Kenny has to deal but with. Tino says it. We're like, oh, Tino. Exactly. Don't put up with that. Huh? Like, I, I agree with that part of, of the story, but, you know, I, I, I didn't think it was. As critical as the fan base of the fan base is the texture things. Texas, I can handle all the L's down. They want as long as Kentucky covers the 19 and a half. <laughs> First of all, 19 and a half? Who are you betting on that? Is that a new line? <laughs> it's still going to bug me when they're doing it. Because you know we're going to get it. It, it, still, it. it does bother me some. Whatever. I mean, it, it, I know. I mean, oh, no. <laughs> it's like maybe things will get bad for the basketball program if they're throwing L's down. There goes that ruined it. Texas 96-1 and the stream are playing the Bellarmine women's game. I know we're on 970 now. <laughs> we're on 970. Texas, thank for you. How long did it take that texture to realize that that wasn't us? Texas, thank you, Mike, for sharing Virginia's light with us in this dark hour. She's amazing. The one person who can save Louisville women's basketball <laughs> is Virginia Rutherford. Oh, women's basketball is doing well. I, I meant men's basketball. Yeah, women's won last night, didn't they? They did beat, beat undefeated Washington. Yeah, undefeated no more. She's got the, I mean, look, she she bring more life to that sideline than we've had in the last year and a half, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> she get out of her seat. Texas, why not let Josh get through the bowl game before making him have to fire KP? He deserves to enjoy the overwhelming success of this football hire. Not sure that's the way it works. I mean, he's he's an AD. You think, he's thinking a thousand things at a time. I don't think any AD has time to enjoy anything sometimes. At least not the good ones. Danny was saying, what if he, like, fired him on Christmas morning? Just, like, the meanest possible thing where he wakes up and he's like, it's like a, it's like a posted, you know, they do these, like, teaser announcements to do videos where it's, like, in the summer, especially when they're like, Cardinal fans, we want to reward you with something. Show up to, you know, this place and we got a Cardinal gift package. Like, Josh just pops up at, like, 7 a.m. He's like, before you open your presents this Christmas morning, I've got a special present for all of you. He's like, you're fired. I mean, still, I think firing one, maybe if it is tomorrow, the weekend of Christmas is still pretty. It's fine. Pretty well, okay. <laughs> he's a multi-millionaire. He's going to be okay. He's going to have a great Christmas. I, I think he's, <laughs> He'll have more presents under his tree than we will. I can, That's I, a given, yeah. I feel safe saying that. <laughs> Texas Payne's world, Payne's world. It's firing time. It's not excellent. It's a good one. I do like that. <laughs> like the Texas most recent text before that was like hearing that Kenny will be gone on Sunday and no one will be the interim. That was from last Ooh, week. Like yeah. this didn't happen. Now, do you still feel if if this is the inevitable tomorrow, it is an entire staff or just still Kenny only? I think the entire staff. You don't think the only staff? Texas says uh, no matter what happens tonight, UK's net ranking will go down, and that gives me some small joy. Like they've got a lot to lose in this game, not just rivalry and pointing and laughing. I mean, there's so many things to be, tank their computer rankings. There's so many things that the, we should we have shame in, in in these last two years. But I feel like at the top of that list is the fact that even when you beat us, you fall in your rankings. We suck so bad you can't even improve for beating us. Yeah, that's that's pretty low, man. Texas, no one will ever convince me that De'Aaron Fox wasn't hurt in that UL UK game. Fox might be the fastest guy with a basketball in the NBA, but in that game, he couldn't get by Quentin Snyder. Quentin was great. In that game. I don't know if he was hurt, but I'm pretty sure Bam uh, tore up both his ankles. I also still am convinced to this day that that Malik Monk shot 
at the buzzer is going, going in. in yeah. Like it was a straight away. We gave him such a good look. Would have sent too. to overtime though. I mean, it would have, but yeah. like straight away. And look, if he hits a buzzer beater, send it to overtime. At that point, when we couldn't beat any UK team, I, I assume we're going to lose. That's how I felt. I remember when the Michael Porter threw up like that half court against us in uh, Freedom Hall, the the Sosa shot year. Oh yeah, and then they, I was there. they threw the hat. Yeah, I was. I had to watch it on TV and at like, the old Cumulus Studios, but. Yeah, I just remember Mike. It was Michael Porter, the guy that ended up leaving to go play football, and he threw up like a half quarter. And it, I don't remember what happened in it, but it, uh, to me, it looked like he was going to go in when he released it. I just remember. Don't Google what happened to Michael Porter. No, that okay. <laughs> he went to go play like safety at USC, and then he's in prison now. Any other thing? Believe he's still in prison. Yeah, I think so. Well, highlight would have been hitting that half court shot. Not the worst thing that ever happened. <laughs> Texas, I like the cards to cover the 14-point spread, but I would hammer the over on the UK team total of 85.5 as well as the over on DJ Wagner assists at 3.5 and, and Antonio Reeves points of 16.5. Like, UK is a team that averages 90.2 points per game, which is sixth best in the country. Uh, you know, we, My big concern... My big concern with this game. Right. I, I have a lot of concerns got nine minutes for big concern. Of paramount among all the concerns. Is UK, you know, we've talked a lot the last few years. Cal doesn't get enough three point shooters. They can't play the modern style because they don't have guys who can knock down the three. They've got guys who can knock down the three this year. They're shooting 40.8% from three as a team. That's the sixth best percentage in all of college basketball. And it's not like they're just picking and choosing. They've made the 15th most amount of three pointers in college basketball. Do you know who, which power conference team allows the most open three-pointers in all of college basketball? Did, did, can you, Spoiler alert, it's the one that's going to be playing inside your building tonight and not wearing blue. If this question's on the ACT were that easy, I'd have gotten a 32. We do not guard the perimeter at all. These guys can knock down the outside shot with alarming consistency unless they're just missing a ton of wide-open threes tonight. They're going to put up some points. Probably. They play at a breakneck speed. They also do so without turning the ball over a ton. They, we do hit the under a lot, but that's just because we're underscoring, underachieving against teams that are very good yeah, anyway. They, they play at the 23rd f- fastest tempo in all of college basketball, and yet they're number two in the country in turnover percentage. They only turn the ball over on 12.5% uh, of their offensive possessions, which is very, very good. Um, so defensively, it feels like this could be a long night for us, which you know is fine if Sky Clark goes out there and drops like 45. We may have a shot, but barring that, you're probably up against it a little bit. <laughs> Texas says, I think the article today may have given more evidence to fire for cause. Maybe. Maybe that's what Josh is doing. I mean, get it. Save some money. Hurt, yeah. Get that eight mil back. You don't, you don't want to negotiate? We'll, we'll just smear you in the, in, in the national public and take a cause on it. Texas, how many minutes into the game do we see a the side by side of Milt and DJ? I think it happens in a pregame graphic package. Oh, it'll be it'll be early, mm-hmm. very early. Did you know <laughs> DJ's grandpa played at Louisville and is actually on the Cardinal bench right now? How do you end up at UK? Do we do the game? Take a shot every time they mention DJ and Kenny's past. God. Do we take a shot every time they mention Milt? Texas, what if DJ hits the three and does L's down? Oh, I'm expecting it at this point. I, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to do it in the, in the, in the lineup call, in, uh, starting lineup line. He may do it during pregame shoot-around. Yeah. How many L's down will we see? Like going into every timeout, probably. Over, under L's downs tonight from UK from, players? From players, I'm putting you I'll say, the, well, we'll give me the over, under. I'll take the bet. Ten and a half. I'm going over. I'm going to take the over, too. It's going to be a big L's down night. Yeah, I think so. Now, don't, that doesn't even count crowd. Crowd will be every every time they show a UK fan. Oh, yeah. L's down, baby. <laughs> We're going to beat y'all down. It's like, yeah, we get it. We're aware. Y'all suck. We know. <laughs> We're aware. 
Texas says it'll be like when UK beat us in football in 2018 and tried to brag about it. Yeah, you and everybody else will beat us by 30. Way to go. <laughs> it does feel like that game where it's like, you know. Was that the one that they scored 52 and only threw two pass attempts? That wasn't UK. Okay. That was Georgia Tech did that. I thought UK, it was that the Limboden year, didn't they? They only threw like three pass attempts on us and still scored like 50 on us? When? No. I mean, Limboden ran all over us the, the year after that. Oh, okay. okay but that's they threw, still threw the. I couldn't remember. I'm sure. Texas Trenton Flowers has played in six out of 15 games in Australia. That's your Trenton Flowers update of the day, right there. Well, in case so you were bad. wondering, not seeing the court a lot. Does DJ throw an L's down at Grandpa? That would be spicy. <laughs> I kind of hope he does it at this point. What if he just doesn't make mugs him in the face with it, too? <laughs> Milt, hit, Milt hits him. DeWan comes flying out of the crowd. So, I mean, look, make it interesting. We've seen, I've never seen this. DeWan has games. I never, I never pay attention. I don't know if they've showed him. Okay. T- you know, only one dad can get camera time, and it's, it, it ain't going to be DeWan Wagner. It's going to be the Shepard family. Well, that's a very good point, yeah. Texas has two things. One, I think if we gave Kenny Payne 10 years to coach here, the results would be the same every year. Two, so it sounds like your best guess is he gets fired at some point tomorrow, barring something crazy. It's just, that is a guess. That is not inside info. That is me guessing that it happens tomorrow or Saturday, but just a guess. Texas, that, that 2016 game is the only game I've been to that we've won. Granted, I've only been to four or five. I was also convinced the that Monks 3 was going to go in. After the game, I was convinced that my three UK friends I went to the game with were going to leave me on the side of the interstate because I was so drunk, I couldn't look at any of them without laughing after the game. I didn't. I actually didn't even. We did a show, uh, sports talker show like literally right across the street from the, the Yum Center that year. Uh, but I didn't actually go to the game. I went home and watched it. The only, I've only been to two games, the, the Cousins elbow drop game, which was my first and a loss, and then the 2013 game. And we won it, and but much like the shot in the last shot in the gym, I walked out, so I'm not going back. I've been to a decent amount. The first game I ever went to was the Sosa game, which was was pretty wild. I was unfortunately the one was you talking about the Michael Porter game. Yeah, okay, I was there. The first win I went to, I went to. Oh, okay, I went to the game in Lexington in 2005, the year after the Final Four, when we were highly ranked, but we hadn't played anybody, and we got beat down pretty good. That was not fun. They threw ice at me and my buddies when we were standing up during the. That happened. That happened. That was bad. Um, I went to the, the Josh Harrelson George game, which was not fun either. I was there at the 2012 Final Four game, which was not good. 2014. Well, it wasn't the 12. You're right. I guess I did go. I forgot I went to the 12 Final Four game, too. Yeah. I think I've only seen two wins. I was at 2014. So I've only been to three, one win, yeah. I've been to, I think I'm like two and seven at these games. Better in football. Now, football, I've been to, yeah, I went to every football game from the very beginning. I mean, I only missed one or two in the first maybe 15 or 20 games. Let, I mean, I mean, they were easy to get tickets. Football was just so much easier to get tickets, though, too. And then I mean, basketball was always tough, especially from growing up, and especially at Freedom Hall for me. All right, so we've got about a minute here left. Uh, again, 6 o'clock tip-off on ESPN. The game coverage, if you want to listen to it on the radio, will be right here on 970 WGTK. Let's make some predictions. How does this play out tonight? Who plays well for Louisville? What ultimately happens? And what do? Uh, what are we talking about on tomorrow's radio show? <laughs> Kind of a lot at me. The though. conversation could be very different <laughs> yeah, tomorrow I than mean, just "Hey, we lost to UK." We could lose by thirty and be just not even talk about the game tomorrow because because of what could result from it. Give me a prediction. Uh, we got right, prediction. To, all right, uh, I'm going to say as much as I'd love to be confident in some way, I think this is just a blowout from start to finish. Okay. I think Kentucky comes out, lays the smackdown early, and it, it ends like the, you know the the basement scene in Pulp Fiction for us. It just 
it's going to be bad. I think Kentucky, I'm not going to give a number, but I'll say Kentucky by 29. I think UK, UofL actually keeps it surprisingly well, close in the first half. We're only down by four or five at the break. We're like, hey, you know, maybe crazy things could happen. UK opens the second half on a huge run. They take full advantage. It never really is interesting after that. I'm going to say the Cats by 19, a comfortable cover, but not a like the most embarrassing of blowouts. I'll say 82-63, Kentucky wins. Hopefully I'm wrong. Regardless, could be a very interesting 24 hours ahead. We will be on the air tomorrow at 3 o'clock on 1450-961. We're going to turn things over now to the official UofL pregame show. Go Cards, beat Kentucky, even if it doesn't happen. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3. Go Cards.